0: Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts and real food. I'm your host, Daron.
1: And I'm Nicole.
0: And today we're talking barbecues, vacations and nutrition on the go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 54 of the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast. Today, we're going to talk barbecues, vacations, and nutrition on the go. So you've been on track, hitting your goals, and now it's time to go on vacation. What do you do? Barbecues with friends? Go for it. You can stay on track while you're away. You can stay on track in the summer. You can stay on track at barbecues. You just have to stay within the parameters that you set for yourself. Right, Nicole?
1: Absolutely.
0: It doesn't all have to fall apart and be a free-for-all. And this is something that we deal with with our clients often. Things kind of just start to fall apart in the summer, and it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Mm -hmm. Or anytime. The summer... holidays, Holidays, birthdays. I mean, you name it, anything that comes up that's out of the scope of what they think is okay to be eating. If they're quote unquote, staying on track and cleaning up their food and eating better, then all of a sudden these things start to come up. Even out having dinner out with friends, I get text messages in the morning. I'm having dinner tonight with friends. What can I have? I always find that to be a really silly question, but Or a funny question, because I'm like, well, what would you have if you were at home for dinner? It's kind of the same thing. We don't live in a world now where you can't go out to dinner and make a good, healthy choice or drive around on the go and not make a healthy choice.
0: Right. And for me, coming up as a bodybuilder, it's always been it's got to be like that second nature of this is just what I do. And I've been in competitions and I've been out to dinners when I was in show prep. And I've been in competitions where I would go to a barbecue because let's say I I had a competition that I did in that was in September. Right. And I had to prep throughout the whole summer and there were barbecues and stuff and I still got to enjoy myself and I stayed within the parameters that I set for myself and I was still successful in competing in that show. And I still got to the body fat that I wanted. I still got Mm -hmm. leaner. Obviously, I've seen some bodybuilders and I would never do this, that from a bodybuilding perspective, I've seen athletes put grilled chicken in a Ziploc bag and stick it in their back pocket and then go out and party. Now, <laughs> to me, I'm not. But sticking listen, a, it, I mean, listen it, to me, I'm not sticking. You do what in, you got to do. I'm not sticking a piece of grilled chicken in, in, in a Ziploc bag. But I've been out to dinner with people. <laughs> right. Who, like an Italian dinner, for example. And right. They have Tupperware with them. I, not even that. Forget that. I I remember a specific time where I was out to eat with some people and they were ordering fried calamari and they were ordering Mm -hmm. pasta and, you know, all these different foods. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll take grilled chicken with some vegetables because that's the safest bet for me right now. Right. And um, that's going to keep me on track and not for nothing. The grilled chicken out at an Italian restaurant is way better than the grilled chicken that I cook at home. So (laughs) it was actually enjoyable. You're out with people. And one of the things that happens, I think, oftentimes when when you're out with people is they don't under. And this is is what I explain to clients all the time is people that you're with. They don't have your goals. They don't care for your goals. Mm -hmm. They're doing whatever they want to do. And they'll offer up like, oh, man, why don't you try this? Why don't you eat this? And that's a big the pressure of that is a huge piece to this you have to right this is where we get into surrounding your a surrounding yourself right. with people that are like-minded and understand your goals or if they're not like-minded just allowing people to understand your goals like hey these are my goals mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to hit like i'm setting boundaries for myself mm-hmm. and this is what i want to do but you don't have to res- think that you can you have to restrict yourself and stay home and not go out and not have yeah. fun you can still have fun and do all the things you want to do and stay on track with your eating and listen the bodybuilding side of things is the extreme.
1: Thank you. Yep. Say that you
0: you can allow yourself to eat the things that you want to. Some of the things that you want to eat, as long as they're within the parameters that you set for yourself, like I say all the time. And I'm going to take it a step further. The recent study that came out from Dr. Bill Campbell at Mm -hmm. University University of South Florida, flexible dieting versus rigid dieting. And it was a randomized control trial. Basically two groups, one of them doing flexible dieting, another one doing rigid dieting where they were strict and only allowed to eat certain foods. And the group that was doing flexible diets were allowed some parameters that, you know, they can, as long as you're within your parameters that are set by the study and by the researchers, you can be a little bit more flexible on your food choice. And the end result in that was matched for calories, matched for macronutrients, Flexible dieting versus rigid dieting. The two groups saw no significant differences in total fat lost from start to finish of the one wasn't
1: better than the other.
0: Exactly. So what that says is you're allowed to be flexible with yourself within the parameters that you set for yourself, like we say 100 times on our podcast, and you can still get results from that. And one interesting point in the study was actually that the flexible dieting group, and we don't really know why, and the researchers didn't really attribute this to the fact that they were flexible dieting. More research is needed, but the group that did the flexible dieting actually gained 0.3 pounds more fat-free mass or muscle mass mm-hmm. than the group that did the rigid dieting. Now, we don't know why this is, but It's just to show that being rigid, it's not the end all be all. And from a behavioral standpoint and from a long term success standpoint, you're more Mm -hmm. likely to be successful doing more of a flexible dieting approach than by being rigid. You can only be rigid for so much time before everything falls apart. Yeah. So allow yourself, I guess this episode is kind of about allowing yourself to be flexible during the summer. And just not not thinking that, oh, well, if I can't be rigid, then I it all goes out the window.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that the flexible part of this isn't even really about the food, to be honest with you. It's the mindset around food and how you view food and your whole mindset behind what you think you can and can't have. Everything has a place as long as you, like you said, it's within the parameters, like flexible dieting, we know isn't a free for all, but it also enjoying your food. I just can't stress this enough to my clients and anybody that's listening. You have to really love what you're eating. If you love what you're eating and it becomes a lifestyle long-term, then we know that you'll be able to adhere to it and your progression in terms of building upon that throughout all your ages. Like from your twenties to thirties to forties to fifties is going to be a lot easier to enjoy. And it's not going to be such a, it doesn't have to be so hardcore. Like at, and I also want to point out the hardcore people, we're not knocking them. You can be hardcore. You can be middle and you can be light. Like I always present my nutrition strategies to clients in three tiers. You have a beginner level. You have an intermediate and advanced. You want to go all in and this is your personality and you, you, you work good here then we're going to do it this way. You need a little middle ground. You have some vac- vacations coming up, a birthday coming up. You want a little bit of flexibility Then we have here. And then the light is someone that's just brand new to everything and is just getting started. I I really believe in accepting where you are and how, how far and willing you're able to go into starting your journey in health and wellness. I don't think it has to be kind of balls to the walls all or nothing ever. It's important to not tie all of that to the result itself, but to the journey and what you're willing to put into it as you go.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, Nicole, you bringing up the journey. It's important to note that if you're making better decisions this year at this summer's barbecue yes. than you did last year at last summer's barbecue, even though let me, let me say two years ago, summer's barbecue, because last year you yeah. probably <laughs> didn't have a summer barbecue. But if you're making better choices now than you would have in the past. Like that's a major win. It doesn't matter that it's perfect. And I think this is what people get tied up in often is that if it's not perfect, it's not happening.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's fear and anxiety and maybe some guilt and shame. All of these emotions that are wrapped up into being afraid of making the wrong decision in even what, whether it be one meal or a weekend of meals or, or a vacation of meals, part of what we, what I really try and get clients to understand is if if you are living 80% in the healthy way of life, then the 20% of vacations and happy birthdays and barbecues or whatever, aren't really going to touch your progress. But if you're, if it's the other way around, if you're partying like an animal and, you know, 20%, 80% of the time and 20%, 20% of the time you try and like, you know, get back into the gym and go hardcore and eat really well, then you're going to have a little bit more of a struggle maintaining. So getting your mind right around making it a lifestyle so it's long term is going to make the flexible part much easier.
0: So Nicole, let's kind of start planning some strategies for vacation and travel so that our audience knows, you know, some of the things that are options because you do have options when you're out there. So I really want to kind of dive into the vacation piece, and then we'll talk about the barbecue piece.
1: Okay. Well, planning ahead.
0: We're planning ahead. And you're thinking about what you want to do. So I say, you know, vacations, I I think it'll kind of vary whether you're on a a road trip or Mm -hmm. you're flying, right? There's going to be some differences there. I have over the years seen many clients that travel often for work, and then that seems to become an obstacle, and we've had to problem solve a ton. I've had some vegetarian or vegan clients that need yeah. to problem solve when they travel a lot. And that can become I mean, I'll be honest, that can become a challenge when you've got even more food restrictions. Yeah. And you're trying to make the right choices. Um, but let's just talk from a standpoint of your everyday person going on vacation or traveling The first thing that you want to focus on, just like you're doing when you're home, is -hmm. your protein. Nothing changes there in focusing on your protein. You want to think about options for protein on the go so that if you're going extended periods of time without food immediately available to you, you Mm -hmm. can make proper choices and you can just grab something that you've brought with you. So some of these things may be RTD shakes, which are ready to drink shakes. We've all seen them. The Mm -hmm. muscle milks on the shelf on the shelf. The uh, Owen, uh, only what you need. The vegan protein, the plant-based protein shakes. Mm-hmm. You know the metric shakes, the lean body shakes, like things that you'd find in a Seven Eleven,
1: right? Exactly. For protein
0: on the go, right? It's just protein. The other thing that you can do is protein packets of dry protein, mm-hmm. and you can do hard-boiled eggs. You can do cottage cheese. You can Two do cottage- in a packet. You can do the tuna packets you can do greek yogurt you can do beef jerky you can do uh, turkey jerky like that perky mm-hmm. jerky <laughs> and you can do protein bars and some of the examples of the protein bars that i like to do rx bars are pretty decent they do have a decent amount of carbs in them because they do have dates in them but it's essentially just eggs nuts and dates they mm-hmm. are pre- a pretty good option you can do, oh, yeah, one bars are pretty decent. Quest bars. Nicole, I know you're not a giant fan of Quest bars, but.
1: No, but my clients absolutely love them. And so whatever they love, um, I'm flexible with. I'm like, go I, for it.
0: I will say the Quest blueberry muffin. Good. The blueberry <laughs> muffin one. Delicious. Then you've got things that are kind of mixed packets. Like Starbucks has those protein packs. Mm-hmm. They come with apples, cheese, maybe some an cold egg. cut meat, and egg. You've got Oscar Mayer P three packs, which mm-hmm. I don't, I talk to clients about this and they don't even know they exist and they're in every supermarket and you've got Hillshire has protein packs as well. Mm-hmm. And they come with, you know, nuts, they come with cheeses, they come with uh, salami and, and some cold cuts and things of that sort. These are things that industry has noticed that there's been a demand from consumers on more protein and consumers are starting to be more conscious around protein intake and companies are saying, okay, like, what can we create for these people who are more protein conscious and they're starting to do it. And these things are more readily available now than they've ever been. The other things that you need to focus on, obviously, if protein is going to be your centerpiece and you're traveling, you also need to focus on your carbs. So what are you going to do for carbs on the go? Fruit is the number one easiest thing, something that you could just grab. You don't have to peel apples. I mean, you have to peel bananas, but that, those are pretty easy. <laughs> Pears, peaches, plums, grapes, cherries. Sky bar- is the limit. Berries are phenomenal. Uh, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, all, all the above. You can do carrots. You can do celery sticks. You can do portioned out popcorn. You can do... The protein chips, Quest protein chips. I don't know. Is there any other company that makes protein chips?
1: I don't, I haven't found one that is as good. I have a client that just was traveling for vacation and he used them and he loved them. So I now kind of throw them out for everybody as an option. I mean, the the bottom line is all of these things are easy to throw in a bag or what I have my clients do when they vacation is like a small little carry-on of all their snacks or protein options that they can just pack with them and take with them.
0: Yeah. And for fats, those guacamole packets, you take some Quest yeah. protein chips like and the tortilla ones. So and good. dip it in the guac. <laughs> you're, you got a pretty good meal there or a pretty good snack. You know, other things for fats, nuts and seeds. You can make a homemade trail mix.
1: You can even do like rice cakes and peanut butter, or hummus and, you know, a, a pepper like raw peppers or cut up peppers. Like there's there's so many things I could go on and on and on.
0: You know, I I will say the homemade trail mix thing is something that uh, my cousin did on our snowboarding trips. And I was like, I'm going to start making my own. I did. I do it
1: every time. It's so good.
0: I'll do the I love craisins. Mm -hmm. The cranberry raisins are amazing. Well,
1: haven't you ever gone a trail mix? Like you take out the things that you don't like or you're too busy, like pushing things around to like avoid the one like I don't I won't eat a pretzel in a trail mix. So I'm pushing them around. So if you make it yourself, you love everything in it.
0: You make it yourself and you make one giant container and then you've got it there. You know, like for me, it's I I don't do peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts. Peanuts make my uh, sinuses. Yeah. They make my sinuses kind of swell up. Right. So I don't do peanuts, and a lot of trail mix has peanuts. So what do I do? Yeah. I make it myself. I do dried cranberries. I do walnuts. I do almonds. I do some seeds in there: sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds. Some
1: chocolate chips. Come on, get some. I don't chocolate really mess there. with the chocolate. Oh, I love I'm it. not really a
0: chocolate person. So love it. But you've got uh, like those are options on the go, and when mm-hmm. you're stopping at a rest stop, these are things that I find often. It's always like a Chick Fil A or a McDonald's or yeah, you know, something any fast. sort of thing like that. Now listen, you can find something that. Listen, diners are everywhere mm-hmm. and diners are like one of my favorite places to make good food choices because you can you literally have everything that you have available yeah. at home from the supermarket in a diner and you can plan it out. You can get meat. You can get chicken. Eggs. You can get a wrap. You can get there's so much you can do. You can do egg whites. Yeah. I love going to diners and doing egg whites with mm-hmm. some spinach, get some hot sauce on there. I just that's what I that's my thing. Yeah. Or. You can still go. I know we're not a huge fan of fast food dieting or, mm-hmm. or fast food eating, <laughs> but you can still make the best choices possible there and have them mm-hmm. fit within your parameters of, OK, well, I'm not going to go over my my calories. So if each of my meals are 400 calories, then I mean, you pretty much have one sandwich and that's it. Like that's yeah, I can't get done. the
1: triple whatever whopper. the issue
0: with those places is it's not going to fill you up.
1: No. And I say this all the time to clients. I'm like, listen, you make the best choice with where you are. And this sounds more like a road trip. Like if you're driving, you're hitting rest stops. You I find it much easier to have packed food when you're driving. And so that there's less need to stop and have those types of fast type foods. If you are traveling, flying and you're packing stuff, but there's airport food or a restaurant in an airport, then you do the best you can there as well. I also think depending on, you know, I I talk to clients all the time. If you're going on vacation and you've been really tracking your food and like you said at the beginning, really on point, I'll tell clients, throw away the food tracker, go make good decisions and live your best life and enjoy. And you actually, that technically can be a planned diet break, a week of just not having to think about what you've been really Consistent on and having a little bit of kind of food freedom in your mind to make different choices. Most importantly, something I wanted to bring up in this today's podcast is about practicing the habits and strategies that you work really hard to do and learn when you're journaling your food, right? So if you've been journaling and counting calories and tracking macros, it's really great opportunity to practice those things when you go to a barbecue or when you go on vacation. Or if you're having a weekend of travel for work, see how you do, test it out. Like what type of cravings did you um, experience? What type of foods were a little bit more of a challenge to manage or track in your mind, like in terms of what you really wanted to eat versus what you thought you should, quote unquote, should eat. This is a time to to practice all of those things so that you get an understanding of how your lifestyle is going to be without tracking food. I know we talk about food tracking and calories and macros a lot on our podcast, but there is a flip side to that, which is living in maintenance and living kind of the normal, I hit my goals and I'm here and I'm enjoying life type mentality. You, you have to Weave those times into what I consider a a coaching experience. You should be able to practice those things. Then when you come back, for my clients, we sit down and we hash it out. How was vacation? What type of food did you choose? Did you hit your protein? How did you feel about getting protein? What was hard about it? What was easy about it? Was it good that you packed things? Did you even eat the things that you packed? Because a lot of the times, People will pack things and then go and be like, Nicole, I just drank beer all week. <laughs> I didn't even eat my protein, but I had it with me. Like, how Working through all of those things with your coach or even with yourself, if you're just a person that's practicing all of these things, is one of the most powerful components of creating a healthy lifestyle that's long-term. Question every single one of those things and hammer it all out, what things worked, what things didn't, and you know, where do you want to move from there or make changes from there.
0: You're creating awareness of you and your process.
1: So then that whole mentality of I screwed it all up or my God, it's a whole it's hopeless. I can never lose weight. Dialogue in your mind goes away because you're using those things to empower you to make better choices in the future.
0: I can go on and on for days about how I can balance anywhere I go. I can balance Mm -hmm. I've balanced beef jerky protein bar and Trail mix at a Seven Eleven and hit my macros perfectly with that. Yeah, it's doable. And for those of you out there that have already kind of mastered looking at labels, understanding yeah. what foods contain what macronutrients, if you're not conscious around that when you're out and on the go, it's for lack of trying, not for lack of the knowledge. The options, right? Well, and the option an op- or the options, right? The options are there. You can go to Seven yeah. Eleven and figure it out. You can figure it out at a rest stop. You can stop at a grocery store; they're everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can get a cold cut sandwich instead of getting fast food. You don't need to get fast food, right? Right. You can go to a subway, and that might be a better option than doing a McDonald's fried chicken sandwich. Oh, definitely. Side <laughs> note: Speaking about Subway, there was that article that came out with Subway's tuna.
1: I didn't see it. What you was there about that? So it no. was
0: Subway was being sued because they were saying that the tuna didn't contain any tuna because they did what? a they did a dna test on the tuna and they couldn't <laughs> identify it as tuna and oh then subway God. came back and they were like well what like they were using tuna There's some, that's ridiculous so apparently and i read an article like a follow up article on that because everyone was raving about this whole subway and tuna thing apparently it's because it's processed so much that it, somehow it, somehow like the DNA is denatured and then you can't identify it as tuna.
1: Was this recent?
0: This was a recent like within the last month. Get out. Yeah, this was a recent. Thing OK, that, now
1: after we finish talking, I'm going to go look it up. Yeah, I this didn't was hear a, that. This
0: was a recent thing. So I, I think it's been verified and cleared up now <laughs> that it is actual tuna. But I guess something that they add to it is affecting or denaturing the the um, the DNA in the tuna. So when you're testing for the DNA, you it's just it's all messed up and you, it doesn't look like it's tuna anyway on anyway to barbecues. <laughs> now barbecues are something that I think I can't help but think that it's the, the easiest. Thing I to find
1: make. that to be the easiest because shit's on the grill. I mean, Bar- this is barbecues,
0: <laughs> right? So barbecues are centered around two things, beer and protein. Listen, you want to have some beer? Great. Subtract yeah. it from your total calories or from your carbs, carbs, yeah. right? Have the beer. Go ahead. Have fun with it. You're at a barbecue. You're with other people or you could do what I do. Pretend like you're drinking alcohol. Pretend you're drinking liquor and drink water and drink and drink seltzer. Like, it's it's not for me. I'm not a huge drinker, so that's what I prefer to do. But if you prefer to drink, then have the drinks. But
1: and or create a limit, which is what I do with my clients. Like if you're going to go, you can't have six beers and expect this is where we say it has to be within reason, right? Have two beers, enjoy life, work through it. That's a, that's a sacrifice you're making to achieve your goal is that it's two beers versus six beers, you know, whatever it might be, or a seltzer uh, or some type of, what is it? White claws. What are those things called?
0: A white claw or a truly or something something or any of those silly things. You can do that. Now, I, I always I have like a thing where like if it tastes too sweet or it tastes too good, then it's it's probably going to derail you from being on track. Like people drinking these highly sugared mm-hmm. alcoholic beverages that I'm like, they make you feel like shit. The, for me, like I feel like shit if I drink something like that. So things like that, I just I just want to point out like that that's not going to be great. Yeah. In terms of your your cat, like you're going to go way over on sugar and calories. Well, that's so want, why I
1: set boundaries. I'm like, it, it's really not going to help you having more than two of anything from not just a calorie, like you said, a feeling how you feel.
0: I'm, but I would say you don't even need to do that. You don't like, even need it. You yeah. don't. Now, from a protein standpoint, protein is plentiful at, in a barbecue. You're literally just grilling meat. <laughs> so. You know, on the and, and, meat. and if you're worried, listen, if you're if you're going to a barbecue and you know what your portions look like because you've identified these things through weighing mm-hmm. and measuring and being on track for an extended period of time, then all right, cool. You do have to account for a little bit of marinade, which will just be OK. Well, I'm just going to subtract a little bit from my carbs. And 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 that's what I'm going to do. But you're still having things that taste good and you're still staying on track. And not for nothing, when we overeat, we typically feel like shit anyway. So, yeah, just, you know, stay within Both the parameters of Stay within the parameters that you set for yourself. Now, this goes to the people. Listen, I don't do a ton of barbecues. I might do like three over the course of a summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are people that I do know that go to barbecues every single week or multiple yeah. times in the week or there's birthday parties or there's kids events. Right. And there's mm-hmm. hot dogs and there's a whole bunch of stuff available. So for these people, you're not going to want to every single weekend on every day of the weekend just derail your program because there's a barbecue like you still have to focus (laughs) on your goals. Right. So, you know, just keep that in mind and just make some minor adjustments that will allow you to mostly stay on track. And Nicole, like you said, be in that 80 20 where 80 percent of the time you're on track and 20 percent of the time you're like, all right, well, I'm a little bit looser with myself and I'm allowing myself to enjoy the things that I like but I'm not completely derailing and going off track. I I think there's, you know, and as a coach, as a coach, there's two places where it's I find that it's difficult or more difficult for clients to adhere. And I don't want to say that it's difficult from a standpoint of it's hard to do. I think it's difficult from a mindset standpoint, and it's Mm -hmm. hard for people to wrap their minds around staying on track when all of these things are going on. And the two times of the year that I find that are more difficult for people are summertime and Mm -hmm. around the holidays,
1: holidays. Definitely. But here, I also want to point out one of the reasons why I think it becomes difficult is I've had so many clients say to me, I'm going to a barbecue on a Saturday afternoon. So I didn't eat dinner on Friday night and I didn't eat anything on Saturday morning all so I can go to the barbecue and, have my six beers and do whatever I want. And I just want to point out that you are setting yourself up for epic failure if you are not eating and saving things for a night out with the girls or a barbecue. I mean, that's just to me is self-sabotaging behavior because not eating just makes you so hungry that when you get to the barbecue, not only do you have the six beers, but you have all the chips, all the salsa, all the, you eat the hot dogs, you're eating the chicken salad that you would have never touched. You really need to pay attention to the fact that you're allowed to eat before you go. (laughs) You're allowed to eat all your meals before you go. Flexible food planning is about eating, not about starving. And it's definitely a place that you have to have a healthy mindset around that, that those food choices that you're making. There's a balance.
0: This is where I'll agree with the intuitive eating crowd, even though I think there's a lot of misrepresentation in that crowd. Uh, well, it, Intuitive,
1: where, I think, is not the no, right word.
0: But, but where there is a dialogue that they'll have about that, in terms of starving yourself all day and saving your calories for later on, because yeah. you are probably likely to binge at that moment, and then you're gonna go over on your calories anyway. Yeah.
1: See, I don't. I wouldn't use the word intuitive eating in a circumstance I'm not like say,
0: that. I'm not saying that that's part of. I'm just saying that that's part of the dialogue that the intuitive eaters will use. Oh, in that terms they of Yeah. Well, a then strategy, I would. Agree. A strategy that like you should not restrict yourself throughout the day to save your calories oh, okay. for later. Gotcha. I'm not saying that this is an instance where. It intuitive eating is but i think it's a conversation that ha- that i see happen in the coaching of intuitive eating quote-unquote oh, gotcha. coaches which i don't want to get into my opinions on intuitive eating right now okay and, good you know Let's that move whole on. movement but <laughs> outside of that listen you can stay on track and the, one of the things that i say and i'll use this analogy one of the things that i tell clients all the time is that you're always only one meal away from getting right back on track I think when summertime hits and people start to, for lack of better terms, fuck up on the weekends, then that starts to bleed into their week because they're like, oh, well, I already fucked up. So you know what? I'm just going to keep going. And what I tell people is if you're driving down the road, if you're driving down the highway and you veer off the road a little bit, you know, on that right side and you hit that rumble strip and your car, your car starts shaking. You have one of two choices, right? You're either going to turn the wheel all the way to the right and you're going to crash into a tree or a ditch or a fence or whatever, or you're just going to turn to get right back on track. It doesn't seem logical to turn the wheel and crash into a ditch, right? You would never do that. So just turn the wheel and get back on the road. The same goes for your nutrition. If you're off track a little bit, you're only one meal away from getting back on track. Why would you throw everything away? Because, oh, well, fuck it. It's summer and there's a barbecue this week and next week and the following week. So I can't be on track anyway. Just do the things that you can focus on what you can control and what you can do and stay on track as much as you can.
1: I love the analogy more so because if you hit the wall, you end up getting stuck there. You have to stand at the side of the road, wait for AAA, <laughs> you know what I mean to fix the car and then and then you get back on track and that to me is where people will end up getting stuck and pausing and delaying progress instead of just autocorrecting the or instead of just correcting to get back on the road and you know get back into you know their normal their normal habits and behaviors.
0: And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's all stay on track. Let's enjoy our summer and Let's enjoy barbecues, vacations, because we all need them. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.